how do you even express to those people that, that some of this stuff might be going on? And, and this kind of really pushes you to ask the question. It's like, well, what makes people change their mind, right? What, what elements of how we communicate and how we go about things actually is effective in doing that? And, you know, asking questions is a very important thing because if you're trying to tell people stuff all the time, unless it's already mainstream conjecture, they're going to they're gonna fight you on it. They're going to try and pull it Welcome to the Superhero Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Archangel. Ladies and gentlemen, earlier in the season of this podcast, we talked about, well, what we can't talk about sometimes, right? There's all kinds of topics. If I were to say some V words or some C words or some, well, topics that we shouldn't be talking about, quote unquote, I had to bring in the number one guest to do that. And and it, it really feels full circle because Joe Martino is joining me here today. And uh, yeah, he come, he's obviously flown all the way from, well, actually he didn't fly from anywhere. He, he just drove. Yeah, he rolled. He rolled over the, the, the 401, came out to visit. We're here to talk about all kinds of things, podcast, podcasting equipment, a bunch of different things. Now, if you don't know who Joe Martino is, uh, you, you, you probably have heard of, or if you've seen of his work, in many cases, many of the people who are followers here have definitely seen a lot of what you've done. But I'm going to start with uh, Collective Evolution, founder of Collective Evolution, a bunch of different things there, made a ton of content online throughout the years, uh, has deeply inspired me. Uh, you know, I don't know, I think it was like five years ago, I decided, I was like, I'm coming, I'm rolling to you Toronto. Rolled. I rolled to Toronto and said, hey, I just want to like learn more about who you are and what you do and just kind of meet you and all cats. that kind of stuff. Yeah, got to meet your cats and is now is now the, the father of three alpaca. Yeah. Tell me about these alpaca. <laughs> well, they're fantastic, really. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's the best animal you can ask for, really. I didn't, realize, of a cat. I didn't realize you can own alpacas in Canada. Well, I mean, technically you can own anything or you could also just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm stewarding so are you just I'm going for like the animal? That's fair. That's true. yeah. That's a better way of putting it. it. It's, I mean, I guess it's like it's like you're the, <laughs> in the same way that uh, 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 Joe Exotic was the, was the, the was the Tiger King. <laughs> so you're 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 Joe Martino, the Alpaca the King. Alpaca is that King. is that is that what we're going with? That's okay, great. Well, um, Collective Evolution. Was that on camera? That was I on just camera. Just myself. <laughs> I, don't I, moved, I moved the camera angle off. Don't worry. Oh, you, don't even yeah. worry about it. Um, so, Joe, you've been involved in building Collective Evolution for a very long time. Yep. I know what Collective Evolution is. For those who don't know, just give us a rundown of, of what it is, why you started it, kind of what you've been doing over the years. And then let's talk a little bit about the state of media today. Let's talk a little bit of where we've gotten to, um, because you and I have seen kind of the decline of the algorithms, the decline of social media as a whole, the decline of, of essentially, you know, we're, in, we're living in like almost a post-truth world. Uh, some would accuse us, people who write content that might be controversial, even by bringing up content. Mm -hmm. Collective Evolution has gone in a lot of hot water mm -hmm. uh, and topics. So give us some background. What's Collective Evolution? Why did you start it? So lay it out. Okay, so essentially, yeah, it's so weird to hear myself in the, in the headphones. <laughs> I don't do this when I, when I do it at home, so it's kind of like, well... Um, yeah, essentially collective evolution was, was kind of like a initially started off as like, okay, this is going to be like a blog where I'm going to share thoughts and mm -hmm. ideas about what I was going through at the time, which was, you know, kind of putting on to paper, a lot of the changes that I was going through within myself, mostly personal transformation related, um, 
you know, looking at uh, some of the things that were going on in the world a little bit and offering a little bit of like insight on it or offering like what my thoughts and feelings were on that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of it was like a, you know, just like a blog of like personal transformation, like ah, I'm feeling this or I'm going through that or I'm thinking about that. Right. And a lot of it stemmed around really re-looking at like where my belief systems came from, where my thought patterns came from, what my view of the world was, and really just questioning a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of time, it kind of turned into, you know, bringing in more people to write and share ideas. And we started to cover, you know, a little bit more about current events, but not too much yet. Um, and made a couple documentaries. And then mm-hmm. over the course of time, it grew into what it is today, which is really it's taking a lot of these ideas about what we call consciousness or spirituality or personal transformation. And it's saying, if we are to shift as people, mm-hmm. what worldview that we currently hold, what would change about that? Mm-hmm. And then how would that create society? Right? So when we look at society, it's to say, what, what is the dominant worldviews that are creating the society, society that we see today? And if we find that there's challenges or issues within it, then perhaps the solution is to look back to our worldviews and say, what about us is actually continuing to participate in this, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the big picture of what we do. And within that, it means we cover current events, right? We, we cover personal transformation. We cover, you know, uh, various ideas that challenge us to think differently about things. Mm-hmm. But that also means we have the difficult conversations or the controversial conversations mm-hmm. that, you know, for years nobody wanted to talk about. Like, you know, before... All, you know, the vaccine conversation is huge now, yeah. right? Prior to it being huge, we were like one of like a few blogs that actually spoke about it. It's, it's 100% true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and it was like, it was the poo in the punch bowl amongst, you know, you know about sharing networks and how we share contact back and forth. Everybody would be like, yeah, yeah, you can sh- we can do share for sure, but not about vaccines. Yeah. We, we can't do that one. And we also can't do UFOs because it's, it's, too, it's too fringe. Yeah. Right. But it's like both of those subjects are now like amongst the biggest subjects that are talked about right now right um and so i think it's important to talk about these things because we lay cultural foundations that get us to ask deep questions and that's kind of like the the basis of what we're doing Mm -hmm. now i think the reason why collective evolution has has been in the crosshairs of censorship has been in the crosshairs of shadow banning has been in the crosshairs of full-on banning which happened recently and I, i mentioned this in in a recent um uh podcast and then also unbanning so it's like this constant game of like musical chairs where they're basically like, oh, we're banning you here and uh, we're blocking your bank account. We're shutting down your pay- mm-hmm. your Google AdSense account. Like this kind of whack-a-mole system where they're yeah. just going after you and kind of chipping you, chipping away at you enough that it hurts, but never necessarily banning you. The reason I think you've, Collective Evolution has kind of gone gotten to a big enough state where at its peak, it was reaching millions and millions of people Every day on the website, mm-hmm. every day, I mean, you know, I didn't bring up the Facebook page or necessarily, but, you know, even on things like Instagram. Yeah. And then, you know, Facebook page was, was kind of like the, you know, the, 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 the piece de resistance. It was definitely the, the place where people were paying attention to at the time. And now over time, whether that be algorithms, yeah. which we all know and we've all suffered from, but also censorship but also fact checking and and all the 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 snopes of the world that are coming after every single piece of of content that you're you're publishing you've seen kind of it get harder and harder and harder to essentially have the conversation Mm -hmm. regardless even of having a stance in the conversation yeah just the conversation itself Mm -hmm. is harder to have 100 percent, and that's kind of like the the position of a lot of the stuff we do now i can't say that every single article we've ever published didn't 
you know, from some writer, you know, may may have had somewhat of a stance that might have been a little bit more of a, hey, here's my position. But yeah. generally, our, our editorial policy is to kind of say, we're not really taking a stance. We're, we're, we're presenting facts, and then we're asking questions, yeah. right? That's that's the basic foundation of what we're doing. Yeah. There's a lot of theory behind why we chose that route and how to, like, get information past people, how to get people to think and come to decisions on their own and how to work out their own uh, biases and all these sorts of things without trying to tell them what is right and wrong, which I think is a challenge within media today as a whole. But yeah, yeah like, like you mentioned with algorithms, it's a piece of the puzzle, the censorship, having the difficult conversation. Um, it's, it's become one of those things where like, you know, Oh, I thought I just lost my audio for a no. second. <laughs> it's become one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you want to have certain conversations, if you want to go certain places and, and you're, you're not even necessarily taking a stance, but you're saying, Hey guys, you know, as a community, we're seeing, more and more people claim, let's just take the vaccine example, you have families that are saying, hey, my kid's getting injured. And then you have, you know, new and emerging scientific studies that are saying, hey, guys, there might be more to the picture when it comes to the vaccine conversation. We may not know the answer yet. Yeah. There's more to the picture. And we're saying, yeah, let's have that conversation together. Because if we find out the base question that, that, that you'd want to ask as a society is, you know, we first off believe this idea that, and I don't know why we keep going with vaccines, but we're just, we're just doing it. We're just right? going. Well, it's the most culturally relevant conversation yeah. that's going to be happening right yeah, now. For sure. That, or it, like, because we're all thinking about it. Yeah. The rollout of, of the vaccinations of COVID, the solution here is we've got vaccines for everyone. You're going to have to get multiple of them. And now there's a question of whether or not they're mandatory or not. Yeah. And now there's a question of whether or not we have to have health cards or not. Yeah. And all these conversations are starting to happen. And, and even before any of this happened, there was a whole study done yeah. as to whether or not what would create sense, what would sensitize people or desensitize people sure. to the conversation of vaccines. And yeah. that was done, you know, like, and I mean, so, and then they, they, they came out with like a list of different variables as to why somebody might be kind of hesitant Right. Have, 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 and I think they called it vaccine hesitancy. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't that they would deny it. It was like, why would they be potentially hesitant and why would they be scared? For sure. And, and so it is a cultural relevant piece. So let's, let's keep, yeah, yeah let's roll and with it, it. And it's interesting because that, that vaccine hesitancy is very prominent amongst doctors around the world right now. So yeah. this, is a, this is a phenomenon recognized by the World Health Organization. It was discussed in one of their vaccine conferences at the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. They were talking about how you know, vaccine hesitancy amongst doctors is very, very high. And the World Health Organization takes the position that it's due to a lack of sort of like continuing education around some of what's going on with regards to the questions that are being asked. So they're, they're kind of saying, well, they don't really have a reason that is based on evidence or based on science for there to be hesitancy. They're kind of just saying it's because there's this cultural sort of questioning that's going on and we need to tackle this problem of vaccine hesitancy because our own doctors are now doubting this whole process. And why I say this is an important conversation to have is because if we, there's a, there's a prevailing and, and I'll say the word myth, not that I want to say an absolute position here, but, yeah. but, but there's a, a prevailing myth that says, you know, infectious diseases have been reduced as a result of vaccines, right? Like when people say, um, you know, why would you challenge vaccinations? They've literally removed, you know, the existence of really, really problematic diseases around the world. If you look at the CDC's own work, their own studies that they've been publishing uh, with regards to looking at infectious diseases around the world, you know, uh, vaccination and potentially other factors that have reduced the rate of infectious diseases uh, pretty much across the board. Mm -hmm. Their own research states that vaccines only played a tiny, tiny role in that and that 
you know, sanitation, nutrition, and other forms of, you know, societal infrastructure were actually the primary cause. Mm -hmm. So this myth that kind of prevails throughout society that says it's vaccines that have done everything is, is, is just that it's kind of like a myth. And so if we were to ask the question, okay, so if we're utilizing vaccination as immune therapy to help, you know, essentially create a mild, you know, inflammatory response so that your body can get stronger at fighting off something, is it possible that we're we're making a mistake with this? There's a misstep going on, and we're actually creating poor long-term health mm-hmm. as we go through all this. Because what we're seeing is that chronic illness is on the rise alongside vaccination. Now, that's not to say that we absolutely know that vaccination is the cause for no, that. There's thousands of factors, right? Yeah. But what we can say is that we're not really asking the important question, which is to say, is vaccines actually making our children, which become adults, right? Mm-hmm. Is it making us healthier? Mm -hmm. Because if the prevailing myth is actually not as accurate as we thought it was, and we're seeing these huge, you know, chronic, you know, chronic illnesses, plus, you know, reactions that do happen to, you know, the the estimation right now, based on a lot of the latest research, is about 10 to 14% of people Mm -hmm. that are going to have a negative reaction to vaccines. You put that in comparison to like penicillin, which is about 7%, right? People with penicillin, they wear a bracelet that says like, you know, don't don't give give me penicillin. Yeah, that could be really bad for me right now you might have a little bit more or up to double the people that are going to have a negative reaction and we're pretending that doesn't exist mm-hmm. and that's an issue so the reason why the vaccine conversation is is important is because we don't know all the answers but we're starting to put a bigger picture together and it's becoming a public conversation we have to have yeah and it's interesting because the fact checkers or you know the facebook or twitter or instagram or whatever it might be um is essentially saying we're not, you're not having this conversation. Yeah. This, this conversation cannot be had. And that's very odd when you think about that. I, yeah. It is odd because we, I'm seeing without a shadow of a doubt their role playing out in what is a cultural narrative and what is an acceptable cultural narrative and their muting of that full stop. And the example that I gave in, in a prior podcast was leading up to elections, you get banned on Facebook, right? Right. So what that means is your personal Facebook page mm-hmm. gets banned, meaning you can no longer access Facebook as, as an individual and as collective evolution, because right. now all the admins of collective evolution are banned. And so basically it's like a, an empty ship, right? Yes. Like this, it's still there. We didn't ban you. Right. We didn't ban collective evolution, but nobody, ban. but it's a perfect <laughs> shadow ban. Nobody can post. Right. And then all of a sudden, the, the election rolls through. Joe Biden is declared a winner. And the second that happens, boom, you're back. No yeah. explanation, no email, no nothing, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I actually got a message from a friend who said, hey, just for kicks, I went and like looked up your account today. And uh, did there. you know that your account's back? And I'm like, no way. So like, you know, I went and I looked and, and I was like, wow. And then I went and I looked at Arjun's because he was the other yeah, admin that got deleted. And I'm like, his is back. I'm like... You know, I've spoken to a ton of people over the course of the last many years and, you know, a lot of deletions, a lot of appeals, a lot of connections in that Facebook that people have never seen them come back. Never. I've never seen them come back. We, we refer to this one period of time, I think it was 2016, late 2016, uh, where I call it the purge. There Mm -hmm. was just a purge of a bunch of Facebook pages, all of which, some of which are, I would call alternative news. Some of which were conspiratorial for sure. Some of which were definitely in different categories. They were clickbait. 
A lot of them were clickbait. Yeah, let's let's just put it lot. that way. There was yeah. a lot of like, let's try and engineer headlines that essentially get clicks, whether or not they're true or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And and it's like think, you know, you can you can bring up conversations like, hey, were were there giants in North America before the the, the Europeans came? Yeah. And, and I don't know. Like I don't know if that's true or not. I have no idea. Obviously our history books say that's not the case. But the but People ask questions and then they're like, oh, we found this evidence that there might have been giantism right, right, in right. North America. Again, this is just a random topic, but why can't we fantasize about, about that? Right, yeah. Why can't we play, pretend and say, maybe UFOs have landed here. Yeah. Maybe this thing is going down. Maybe, I don't, it doesn't matter what the, what the topic is. Why can't we have that conversation? Yeah. And that's what I don't like. And what I don't like about that is that they're doing it in a shadow way. Right. Because- Nobody knew that you got banned, and you can't. Even when you, you get banned, you can't. It. You can't say it. No. You you're muted. It's like yeah. it's like having your megaphone fully cut, and then you're you're banned from the public square. So how could you possibly? What what can you do? Right. To say anything other than okay, I guess you can send out a newsletter, but then they attack your newsletter. I guess you can go on Instagram, but they might ban you there. And and Facebook is owned by or, or Instagram is owned by Facebook. Yeah. So on and so forth. Right. So, but without a doubt, I saw people. Instagram stories go from like thousands of views to less than a hundred. And the only way that you would see their Instagram stories is that you went and searched them and then clicked on it. Yeah. So you, they weren't banned, but they also had no capacity to then share their point of view. Right. And what that meant is that somehow an algorithm or a person or both chose to say, this person has a view that it might be seen as not true. Right. And or might elicit some level of revolt or or hesitancy or con- controversy or some level of like anti anti mainstream narrative, right? And then make the decision that that can exist at this moment. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating phenomenon, and and uh, you know a lot of it, you know, we kind of saw coming in some regards. Um, I will say that. At this moment, I have, I just have no idea where to put my hand as I'm sitting here. Like it's it's like I feel like a lemon. Like I, I I I hope people don't you know judge my credibility by where my hand is. But um, uh, I want to get to you in comedy later. I, and, and we can use of comedy. We can do this. Yeah. We can do this. Yeah. Um, I, I was going into a movie theater way back, and gosh, I had to have been like 2013 or 2014. Probably mm-hmm. knew where to put my hand on that day, but mm. um, I. We had just finished sending a message, and I was joking around. It was like the meeting of the dons. Yeah. Um, and essentially, it was saying to a whole bunch of like prominent websites that were, um, you know, in the alternative newsy space or in the like, hey, let's talk about some mysterious stuff space sort of yep. thing. Yeah. A lot of a lot of popular pages that are out there. People probably know a lot of of the ones that they were. Some of them, a lot of them, actually got purged. Yeah. Um, and I pulled together a lot of the top admins, and I said, hey. Like, I think it's important that we, we start mm-hmm. communicating. We set up some, not only ground rules for how to conduct ourselves, but um, but being careful, being more careful, because if we're not more careful about what's happening, then, like, there's eventually going to be repercussions. Because there was a lot of, like you were saying, like, hey, here's a headline, here's, a, here's an article, and, like, it was a Wild West. So it was like, let's say... Yeah. Somebody on our site, let's say, and this happened all over the place. So the nobody everywhere, right? Nobody's like super like nobody's you know, immune. Even collective immune. evolution right. is not immune. Yeah, it's like you would see an article and then you would say, okay, it, you know, this is going viral. Like, let's, let's write about it. this, right? Yeah. So you would, you would, you, what we would do as a company is we we'd go, okay, is this true? And we we'd look through and we'd verify it. And we'd like 
do the work and we whatever, then we would write our take on it and put our own spice on it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas what was happening in most of the other spaces was, okay, look, this article is going is it viral. viral. Right. Yeah. Then they would just copy, yeah. paste, yeah. print, yeah. right? And there was no vetting in, in the process, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and slowly but surely, it was like, I was, you know, you're watching as like, yeah, fake news is being spread. Like it's happening, yeah. right? I, like obviously fake news. Yes. Yeah. And so, so there, was, there was this discussion like way back when to say, hey guys, we got to clean this up. Yeah. And, and we also got to be more supportive of each other, like in a sense of like, if, you know. Let's not link steal. Let's not steal. Like if somebody wrote a really great headline, let's not steal it every time. Or even, or even this, because this is a little bit of an interesting phenomenon. It's like, you know, we were, we had the root as a company, which this isn't a, a judgment on other companies. This was, ju- this is the choice we made, right? Yeah. The choice we made was to say, we're going to print everything original, yeah. right? And so we hired writers and we paid those writers to write those original content. Yeah. Whereas other sites took a different approach where they said, I'm just going to copy paste from everywhere. They were republishing. Right. Yeah. And, and so what would happen is like, I'm spending money to produce content that yeah. then someone's just taking right away. And then they're coming to like, our share for share deals and they're like trying to share them before we can get ours out. Yeah. So it's like, I'm spending money for them to make money. And, and so it was kind of like this, like, okay, the most important thing is the message getting out, especially if it's true. Right. Sure. But and at the, the same time, topic is important. Right. At the same time, it's like, there, there's so much cannibalization that was happening where yeah. it was like, yeah, sure. If you're a single person, that's like just copy and pasting 10 articles a day. You know, you can sit there and make a ton of money. Well, an organization who's trying to vet information and like do it properly, you know, yeah. My, my position as, on it is it's doing properly, properly right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hurting because you're, you're taking away all of my heart, you know, all of our hard work. And so we, we kind of said, hey, that is part of a ground rule we need to discuss. Maybe we can find a, a fair, you know, collaboration there. And then there was the other aspect of, hey, let's clean it up. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, there was more sites that would emerge that would like, you know, well, Mel Gibson said, um, you know, there's satanic pedophiles in Hollywood. And it's like, well, hold on a second. It's like, we know Mel Gibson didn't say that because there's absolutely no record of Mel Gibson saying that. So unless this one single journalist from a particular thing somehow met with Mel Gibson for lunch that day and then just said this and there was no source and there was no, like it's, there's so many of those stories that happen that touch on things that like, yeah, there might be some truth to that. Yeah. There it's I like, I could see how that's possible, but this particular story is not credible. Yeah. That was starting to, f- to just flood the internet. Yeah. And during that time. And mm-hmm. so it was like, you knew this was coming to some extent, right? Yeah. So that's a very important piece to throw into the mix as we kind of move into the next phase, which is to say after the purge where a lot of those types of pages got removed and and funny enough, a lot of the admins of those pages spoke to me afterwards and they were like, you know, honestly, it was kind of a relief as much as it sucked. Yeah. I didn't want to do it anymore anyway. There's a lot of people that felt that way. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were just kind of trapped and stuck in it. So like the people who weren't necessarily as passionate about it, yeah, they were almost like pushed out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and those that were passionate are still around today. They're doing it. They came back you know. somehow. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's interesting, but, uh, then it goes into the censorship part of it, which, you know, I, I absolutely think that there's some, some channel batting that sh- shadow banning that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's obviously algorithmic stuff, which really is driven by shareholders. It's driven by the idea of needing to make more money all the time, more money all the time. Right. So that's, that's a piece of the puzzle, but there is something else that goes on. There's, it's very obvious. It's just really hard to explain it. You mm. have to be in it every day. You yeah. have to like, like we I got think to I know what you're gonna say. Right, like we got to a point where between me and Arjun, like we, we knew when something was up. Like you could mm-hmm. tell. Yeah, right? you could feel it. And then, and then it got to the point where they introduced the fact checking, and yeah. the fact checking was, it was like a. 
a sneaky way of saying, like, I'm going to tarnish your company image. Yeah. I'm going to limit your reach. And I, I have a lot of control over how I limit your reach. Meaning, yep. if I give you a fact check, you basically have a cool down period of all your reach. And then when they remove that fact check, you have like this warm up period that's going to take a while. And then like a day later, they just give you another fact check. Yeah. And they just keep doing that. Right. Yeah. And, and almost, uh, you know. And do that enough and your algorithmic momentum is, is gone. And, that, and a lot of this kind of stuff, a lot of social media does operate on momentum. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's kind of like a sport. Like yeah. it's, it's like, there's like a, there's like a flow. It's like water. You can't, you know, it's not just like oh, on off. It's on a switch. It actually kind of like takes time to, yeah. to kind of build pressure and move, move through the system. And the, the crazy part is like, you can't defend yourself. Yeah. Right. So like they have this, this sort of all seeing, all controlling power of saying, yeah. there's an Look, invisible like hand. This is, yeah, this is false. And I'm going to tell your whole audience is false. Even if me as the fact checker is wrong. And every time a fact checker has been wrong, which, I mean, we've worked with like Politico on yeah. uh, multiple occasions where they just email us back as soon as we challenge it and they say, oops, this should never have been marked as false. Yeah. And I'm like, well, thanks. Like we just spent 24 hours of you parading around this big gray box that said yeah. our company is not credible. Yeah. Right. Like where's your retraction? Where are you going to like send every single person who saw that saying, oops, I'm sorry. Yeah. And this is like, this is kind of like, these are the little things that people aren't necessarily, um, able to, to always appreciate that yeah. is going on like perhaps the odd per, the average person out there who maybe supports um the idea of, of fact checking right which i can see where that position comes from because they're like well look at all the fake news that i just finished talking about five minutes ago absolutely right? that's the whole point and then so now those people are going oh well yeah well we need it and it's like i kind of agree with you but i would never censor somebody and i would never delete their shit i would i would encourage people to learn how to discern better yeah. how to read information like empower the end user the reader don't don't just go punish companies like in a broad stroke yeah. and then not have any way of like saying oops yeah we actually completely screwed up on this one yeah and and i think Candace Owens recently had a situation where she was fact-checked for something that was, you know, like in most of the cases, like probably 95% of the cases that we get fact-checked for, it's all the fact-checkers mistake. Like they're wrong, yeah. like flat out, they're just wrong. Yeah. Um, and so they did it to her. And I mean, in her situation, she was got a daily wire supporting her. So they, you know, they're lawyers too. Right. Yep. So they just went after Facebook and they're just big enough that they can do they something can do about it. it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, they, they overturned and they apologized and it was, you know, it got coverage because she's Candace Owens and because Daily Wire is big and they can do that and they can make a noise about it. Right. Yeah. And she said, you know, a great quote, she was essentially saying something to the effect of, um, you know, I, I'm only able to like survive this because I actually have the means to fight and get something about it. Like, she's like, think of all the people that have no means to go after these fact checkers. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, I feel you because like, you know, you'll have people that go, oh, you know, this story that you put out was false. So I already shared it with my friends and I'm like, it's not false though. But like, yeah, but the fact check says it's false. It's like, yeah, but did you even read the fact check? Yeah. Right. Cause the classic argument. Cause is, nobody does that. Nobody, nobody cause, it, Cause the way it's pinged is that I'm not even going to click the article anymore. Cause now it's saying it's false. Right. And now I'm, what I'm creating is association brand. Like you said, degradation of brand association yeah. between collective evolution and false. Right. And then, so now all of a sudden, Collective Evolution is no longer just a, a website that has its own, like, you know, its own pieces. I'll bring it right back here. If you haven't checked out Collective Evolution, you definitely should. Oh, yeah. Um, colors. But, yeah, it's beautiful colors, by yeah. the way. Beautiful branding. Lovely. Um, oh, what happened to that image? I don't know. Where is that? Private video. Oh, that's why. 
Somebody, somebody should remove somebody, that. Somebody private video did. Oh, God damn it. I can, I can tell I, you what that is. I can tell you what that is. Yeah, what because is it? I, because I rolled in the vehicle over here. Oh. I, I had to do the Monday QA. Mm. Instead, I, instead of doing it like Monday morning. You did I it now. I had to do it like Saturday. Saturday afternoon. Afternoon. Yeah. And so that's a private video that shows up. Yep. I wait, love it. I love wait, the entrepreneurship in you that you know had the to system do it. is right had there. To wheel, wheel down to the office, <laughs> get it ready. Got to be committed to the content. Uh, yeah, which means that you've got very good algorithms in place to get the content up and out on that's the on the homepage on your on your website. But um, no, but what I was going where I was going with that in terms of of you know brand association when degradation of brand is two things happen. Not only does this impact you as a brand, right. but it it actually impacts real conversations in general yes because let's say there's a real uh story it's conspiracy developing and i'm not going to go into any specific conspiracy it doesn't matter a conspiracy is developing but now a bunch of people start talking about things that are fake news Mm -hmm. and then other people are talking about things saying that aren't fake news yeah and now the signal is completely muddied yeah and that becomes Mm -hmm. a strategy that they can actually use to muddy the water on anything yeah. that then says, well, wait a second, is this the right direction? Like, is this something we can, we can, like, is this whole topic completely discredited because, well, a bunch of people talked about it and like half of it was fake and half of it was real, but now because half of it was fake, we're just done. We're, yeah. we're shadow banning this entire topic as a whole. For sure. And this is, this is kind of the, there's, there's two pieces to that. I'm hopefully I'm going to remember them as I go through this because it's a little bit nuanced, but yeah. in that QA video, that's going to go out tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, Essentially, you have sort of this discussion around a conspirituality podcast, which is a, a new and emerging podcast that, that kind of blew up pretty quickly because it, it sort of examined this phenomenon between people interested in conspiracy theories, but that also have sort of like this spiritual undertone to their worldview and, mm-hmm. and also believing that there's like this shift taking place in consciousness. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, here we go. They perfectly matched like the two the, huge audiences. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they're attacking it. And, and I mean, they're, the way they're going about it is is kind of this throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So um, one of our uh, contributing writers, he got into a, a, an exchange, not a bad exchange by any means, but he actually was trying to get um, some of the people on that podcast, one of the hosts, um, he was trying to get him to come on to our show and, and I would sort of mediate because uh, I'm good at bridging the worlds together, right? So mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to mediate, mediate the conversation between the host of the podcast and one of our contributing writers because the host of the podcast was essentially saying like, you know, flat earthers are on the exact same level of insanity as the architects and engineers that are questioning 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, first of all, that's an absurd statement to make, yeah. you know? And then, and on top of that, it's like their, the, their position is ultimately that there is no conspiracy. Conspiracy doesn't exist, period. Which is insane because we know in the course of history, conspiracy has been... Has existed. And it's, we don't even have to prove it. It existed. It's it clearly existed. exists. Yes. And it's even admitted by government, right? So there's, there's no... Fire. Right. There's no question that conspiracy exists. Yes. Um, and so you have this kind of phenomenon. And, and within that exchange at one point, um, when he had, he had offered to, hey, you know, collective evolution will, will mediate, um, the response was... Well, don't you realize that those guys are conspiracy theorists, right? This is in so many words, right? I, I don't want to butcher this too much, but there is an article called Cons- Conspirituality on the site there mm-hmm. um, that people can read if they want. It's we'll basically, it it's a, basically, it's a, if you just wheel back up to the top, uh, la- top, top, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, podcast. Yeah. So in there, you know, the argument sort of is made. It's, it's basically like an essay type um, looking at some of the, the nuanced positions within the points and kind of saying, hey, like, 
there's more ways to look at this than kind of the simplistic view. Oh, I hate that that advertisement is so big. So massive. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just horrible. It's just, again, and then I go back to like, I feel oh. like a lemon with my hands. I feel like a lemon with a friggin' yeah. advertisement that big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the idea here is it's like, you know, he was saying, when going back to it, it's like, you know, collect, um, in the, within the conversation, they're saying like, you know, just because you think collective illusion is conspiracy theory doesn't mean that it is. And it was the guy almost had this position of like, you know, look at the fake news strikes that they get. Look at the fact that they lost their, their Facebook access. Don't you think it's because they're just conspiracy theorists, right? Mm -hmm. So what, it, what it's done is it's created this position where people are thinking that because a measure has has happened on you it's it has to be justified yep that there's there's no possibility that it could have been either accidental or you got thrown it creates into a, a lean yeah right and then then you go back to the muddied waters and you start to say and and you know i have a theory on this which some people listening um may or may not agree with me on this and that's fine sure um but i've i've always said like with the q phenomenon that took place which has kind of really been the target of the conspirituality podcast and so much of mainstream media, right? They're, at this moment specifically, it's a definitely a huge target. Yeah, yeah, like they're looking at Q. And, and and if you were to come to me and you were to say like, hey, like let's say you wanted to get somebody to question general worldviews and, and explore, is there corruption? Is there conspiracy within aspects of government and various verticals within society? Yeah. I would say Q is the last place I would send anybody because yeah. you, you essentially have a phenomenon that is stating the very definition of what the mainstream believes is conspiracy theory, which is to say someone gives vague information yeah. that you then go and search to find the pattern yeah. that puts the picture together. Yeah. So, and then start acting, potentially acting upon it, acting accordingly, right. potentially getting violent, blah, 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 and then creates real-world problems that then need to be addressed online. Right, and, and at the end of the day, it's like what you're saying is like the very definition of conspiracy theory is what the... The, the Q phenomenon is it's like you're trying to find patterns that may not exist or that that won't be visible to the average person at all mm -hmm. right so so my position was look there might be some accurate things within the Q discussion there might be some analysts who look at some of the Q drops and say hey there's this points to this this points to that yeah. and there might be some truth to that but yeah. it's the absolute worst way to go about having a serious conversation which is why I wrote an article called conspiriality mm -hmm. it's time for a serious conversation because um it was, it was essentially to say, look, conspiracy exists in our world and there's a massive group of people that are starting to be thirsty to understand that and what's going on there. Yet there's also another group of people that are saying there's no possible way conspiracy exists. Mm -hmm. And then there's another group of people that believe in it. And that group of people is oftentimes, not all the time, but is oftentimes taking a very like extreme approach. Yes. And then what it's doing is it's causing... A, a huge riffraff where we can't actually have a serious conversation about this stuff like vaccines because it's like, no, 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 vaccines are just there to completely kill everybody in the population. Well, it's like, well, that's like the worst way to go about talking about it. Like, yeah. there's so many ways we can talk about this level headedly. Yeah. And yet we're not doing it. And that's that. not, and that's just not true. Right. Like, there's just, there's just certain, like, I don't think that everything is a conspiracy from the perspective that everyone involved in every layer of something has to have been conspiring to make this this nefarious or evil plan be played out. I think sometimes, sometimes the conspiracy is just like, like sometimes, some, like we were talking about this earlier. Sometimes the conspiracy around like the algorithms sucking on Facebook is yeah. just because they're, they're pandering to more advertisers. Sure. And not has, and it has everything to do with just money and not yeah. has and nothing to do with the content in and of itself. 
And, but at the same time, you can link the two and then say, oh, well, it's because I'm talking about this that all of a sudden that. And you're creating, you're creating kind of these causal links that aren't necessarily verifiable or necessarily right. true. And it doesn't mean they're not true either. Right. But it's just this, this capacity to um, have the conversation is and have a conversation and then have choice to make a decision on your own. Right is the is the the scary part. Yeah, it's really it's really about again having having the conversation from a standpoint of saying let's let's actually look at let's put things on the table here and look at what's going on. Like, yeah, yeah. There's an algorithmic piece to that. Yeah, there there's obvious like there's tons of forms of censorship. There's there's different things that are going on, but it's like to put it all on the table and to say okay, what is the general landscape? Like, what's happening? Like, are we actually able to freely online have, you know meaningful conversations about things that might seem controversial. And like most people would say, I don't know, it's getting a little bit rocky to do that. Right. And we can sit there and we can at least agree on that. Right. And then you can maybe speak to people who say, well, no, because all this stuff is just like, you know, the classic term is baseless, right? It's a baseless. Baseless Mm -hmm. So anything about vaccines, anything about questioning COVID, anything about um, questioning anything, anything at this point, right. It's just lumped in as conspiracy. And, and the challenge with that is we're well i I should say this it's it's creating an environment that's that's pushing us if we answer to the call yeah to start learning how to communicate better yeah right to start learning what is it how can i actually connect with other people and explore ideas without having this really like extreme position within yeah. it but but yet explore something controversial like people are shocked all the time when i say things like yeah i, I don't i don't get into fights with people i don't yeah. i don't have a difficult time at my you know thanksgiving dinner table because they like do because they, they do, do because they're bringing it up and they don't have the same years of experience of you bringing it up because you used to let's be real i i actually i used you, to in the first year that that's I what i'm saying the, the, really at the beginning right yeah. yeah but but it was never like you know, it never took over crazy conversations that yeah. were like really angry. It was always like, you know, Joe, I just don't believe you. Yeah. You know, and I'd be like, That's okay, yeah. but, but very quickly you learn, okay, why don't they, why aren't they like, what's going on? So you yeah. start asking questions. What do you think about that? Well, what do you think about this? But what do you, so tell me what's your perspective on this? And you're not, you know, you're not trying to like win a debate, no. right? You're, you're trying to have a conversation that says like, where does, where, you know, what, what do you, what is your real world view on this particular issue? Or what is it about your belief system that makes you think this way about this particular issue? And when you, when you lead people down that, which is a course that we're sort of bringing back is, is how to actually communicate about mm-hmm. these ideas effectively, um, made it like four or five years ago through mm-hmm. Explorer Lounge, but mm-hmm. n- you know, not many people have seen it. So now it's a good time to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that. Yeah. But it's like essentially like being able to have these conversations is, is is a huge part of what's happening right now like we're seeing this massive divide on almost every topic and yes people are quote-unquote waking up more and they're coming more into the conversation but there's a difficult time in actually conveying how people really feel on either side of the equation and like bringing people together in, in a meaningful conversation that allows us to take action about any of the particular issues that are going on it's like the polarity has to stop somewhere yeah. and we have to start like sense making together as a community yeah and that's kind of the point and that's i mean that's the point of collective evolution right because it's if, if it was left right evolution yeah. right meaning <laughs> or, or just left evolution or just right evolution what we're seeing is that that conversation isn't a conversation it's it, it's a it's more of like a religion right it's it's like a we believe this and we feel this way and therefore this is the direction that things have to be right and it, and it's a it's more of a preach 
Sure. And and many conspiratorial sites and many like many much much of the coverage of questioning things online does fall into preach category in many scenarios. Yeah. And it does not necessarily ask a ton of questions and does kind of make more claim or use claim because of their system of incentives as a way of getting clicks because they need yeah. the clicks to kind of survive. And that's, and, and I say for survive financially, right? Like right. AdSense and all the different things that, that go with that. Um, because we're taught that our opinions are supposed to be black and white, even though the world is increasingly gray. Yes. And, yeah. and it's getting more and more gray because we have no capacity. Like I've, I've gotten to the point where it's difficult for me to be able to discern anything in any direction. Yeah. And it's not because I don't know how to research anymore. It's just that even as I'm researching, like when, when I look at the difference between even when I search on my phone mm-hmm. on YouTube and then I search on Apple TV on YouTube. Two different results. Completely yeah. different results. On my phone, I get significantly more results <clears throat> in the vein that I would say is something I'm like kind of looking for. Yeah. And on Apple TV, it's almost like I'm getting mainstream news. Yeah. The only thing I can find is like the mainstream answer to things. It's weird. It's very strange. Yeah. Very, very strange when you're on a TV device that's different than iPhone. It is. Uh, and so we're not teaching people to question what they're seeing. They're, we're teaching them to essentially say, look, this is what the search result is. This is what's true because what yeah. is not in the search result has clearly been flagged. That's, and therefore we're forcing people to have polarized opinions without... There's small nudges. Yeah. yeah. There's small nudges even in the search results. So even if somebody doesn't watch a video... But then they see, and as I search a topic, three, you know, uh, let's say three things that say, this is a, a real problem, we need to address it. And then 10 that say, no, 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 this is baseless or some level of baseless or false or untrue, or blah, blah, blah. That creates a lean or a bias, regardless, yeah. regardless of who was right. Well, put it this way. I, I can't reveal all the information around this. Sure. Um, but I can, I can create a story that essentially tells what's going on. And this yeah. is a very, this is a real thing that's happening. Yeah. There's an extremely prominent topic yeah. in societal culture right now yeah. that people are searching for answers on. And there is a very large sum of money. Yeah. The largest, so um, there's one government agency yeah. that is spending the most money on the planet, mm-hmm. you know, versus any other company to own this search term mm-hmm. on Google and to make sure that it's up at the top. Okay. Which essentially states that this covert government organization in mm-hmm. the United States is essentially buying the top results of a particular topic on Google such that they can control that narrative. Yeah. So they're outbidding, you know, we're talking players that would Big be spending players. millions yeah. to, to, to get their stuff up at the top with this particular search term. And this is a topic of very <coughs> strong cultural relevance. So what, uh, relevance. So what you're seeing is... Um, you know, government organizations saying we're going to control the narrative on this and we're going to pay the money to do it. Yeah. And, and that's really interesting because um, when people go to Google, like most, like as much as people are, you know, becoming more uh, inclined to understand some of these things that are going on and to maybe use DuckDuckGo or another search engine sure. or incognito windows or something like that. We just don't have the time to, to fact check everything. We just don't. That's right. And not only that, but Still, the vast majority of the world oh, is not even uh, in tune with the idea that Google might be, you know, algorithmically in type of things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, it becomes like the challenge is okay. 
how do you even express to those people that, that some of this stuff might be going on? And, and this kind of really pushes you to ask the question is like, what makes people change their mind, right? What, what elements of how we communicate and how we go about things actually is effective in doing that. And, you know, asking questions is a very important thing because if you're trying to tell people stuff all the time, unless it's already mainstream conjecture, they're gonna, they're gonna fight you on it. They're going to try and poke holes in everything. Right. So um, it's really important that, that, people that are in this space that are in this community that that are trying to potentially help you know essentially people just expand their minds i mean that's yeah. really that's really what we're doing like what what collective evolution is like i said at the beginning is it's like what you do in your personal transformation practice of gaining more self-awareness gaining a better connection to yourself creating a uh, you know a better connection of what you might call spirit or whatever whatever you want to call it um what app how do you now take those tools those those faculties that you've built within yourself you know your greater sense of intuition um how do you now take that and, and like apply it to real life? Like, mm -hmm. it's like saying like, yeah, you might be able to go and, and stretch real well and meditate real well on a yoga mat. But if you hop off that yoga mat and go into life and you're swearing at everybody and like getting pissed off, all, you know, it's like, have you applied some of those aspects of peace or aspects of clarity that you might've got in that meditation? Are you applying it to real life? Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of the evolution that, that we've been trying to push for for 11 and a half years in kind of the consciousness spiritual space is, is to kind of suggest this idea that, that those conversations, they don't stop at, you know, chakras and meditation and this sort of stuff. They say, okay, what does this, this aspect of yourself that you're discovering, that you're, that you're exploring, how does that now go and create a reality? Mm -hmm. And how does that better a society, if you want to look at it that way? How does that, how does that shift your worldview that says, okay, now how do we approach the various challenges that we have going on in our planet, right? Yep. It's, not like, it's not like to say, okay, well, there's meditation and, and yoga, and then, well, you're not allowed to talk about politics, though, because like yeah. that's that's like negative or that's a distraction. Like, just yeah. focus on like achieving the enlightenment, good, quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? But it's like oh, you're achieving enlightenment, but like you're here to have a physical experience. You're yeah. here to have a physical experience amongst community. Yeah, like that's that's what this that's what this experience is, right? Yeah. It's it, what you know. You can feel that within yourself, but you can also see that like in everyday life. Yeah. So, being able to develop those faculties and apply it to real life is is everything. Yeah, I wanna I wanna ask you about you. You know what I mean? I, I say this because I've gotten to know you further and, and, you know, CE and has been a kind of a brand that you've championed. It's a flag of sorts that you've, that you've, you know, waved for many years. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's your personal journey within this whole thing. Right. Right. And, and all, and many, many other people who have contributed and many other people who like the team has grown and mushroomed in certain moments and it's it, it contracted yeah. in other moments. And um, we will get to that uh, elements of that around, around how the, the whack-a-mole game, but you know, what's, what's the question that you're asking yourself at this yeah. stage? You know what I mean? Like what's the most important question that you think is now evoking in your own personal world? Um, that's kind of shifting and changing where you want to create from and what you want to do and like what kind of content you want to make. Like, yeah. cause at some point you don't always want to talk about this either, or you sometimes are kind of, you're expected to address particular things that are going on. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that that's what you want to spend your time doing. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting question. Cause like we were talking earlier before we, we were doing this, it's like, sometimes my vision of things are like, what I really want to do is like, it's, it's, it, it seems or feels grandiose. Like it's like, Oh like the, the the main vision I've been working on right now is the Collective Evolution Institute, which is yep. is really kind of like a, a a expansion of a project we started in 2010 called the Shift Project, which was essentially to say, okay, we have we have a world we have today, we have an understanding of readdressing some really big questions in life, which is you know really 
understanding our worldviews, but within that, like, personal transformation, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that piece of the puzzle. Then there's also this, okay, there's a lot of emerging technologies. There's a lot of emerging ideas that are being held back in the face of protecting our economic structures, which is really just about protecting our existing worldviews, right? And protecting jobs and trying to hold, maintain voter, like just maintain peace in some way, shape or form to not stir the pot too much so that essentially they can, they can kind of stay in power essentially. Right, exactly. And so, so we were kind of saying, well, you know, there's a, there is changes happening within people. They're recognizing that they're, they're kind of like tired. There's, there's a feeling of like, we're tired of this way of living. Like we're capable of something more and people are feeling that more and more numbers all the time. Yeah. And, and then we look at some of the emerging stuff that's a little bit suppressed. You take that and you say, well, what if we envisioned a new world? What would that look like? And the Shift Project was, was going to essentially address those topics mentioned and, mm-hmm. and help create a bridge from the existing world we have today to what that world might look like, which is to say, look, we're not going to snap our fingers and just like shut down the economy and it's over. Like we're going to yeah. have to figure out how we transition. re-examine things and then make a transition that actually like makes sense. And I'm not talking about no great reset here, mm-hmm. right? We're Clearly. talking about a reset per se, but not in the hands of, of billionaires and not in the hands of them controlling potentially media. And, grassroots and, reset. Right. Like yeah. this is this is like really about addressing some deeper, deeper questions, right? From a, a completely different worldview. So that's what that project was going to be. It was, you know, really kind of got buried pretty quickly because there was, there was just so much other stuff going on. And to be quite honest, like not a lot of people were like totally like, I don't want to say ready for it, but like yeah. it wasn't like on people's minds, right? Yep. Um, and then so now the Institute uh, I've been thinking a lot about, which is to kind of say, um, how do we, how do we ultimately create a massive collaborative engine, which, which isn't to say that like, you know, the Institute is the, 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 the answers. It's not to say that it's the source of the answers. What it's to say is if we collaborate amongst uh, people from all around the world, looking at different verticals that make mm-hmm. up our societal contracts, our societal structure, our worldviews, personal transformation, yeah, right? Health, so, wellness, whatever. Right. You know, farming. Yep. Uh, energy sector yeah relationship with extraterrestrials yep. like all of these questions that yeah and people, uh, many things that are alternatives that are great like right. some people like alternatives to solar panels or alternatives to fossil fuels that's a great thing in many in many eyes or in many yeah. scenarios right yeah so the idea would be to collaborate with with these various verticals to mm-hmm. to to answer in each of their own expertise what is what else is possible yeah. in all of these societal verticals mm-hmm. but the purpose of the institute would be to help draw a line between all of them that says here's how under a new worldview so it's going to say we have to address a deeper underlying question here mm-hmm. of of our worldview and of how we think life has to be and who we think we are and this this moving beyond this sort of material science point of view which says that we're all these just individual separate entities that are just kind of competing with one another mm-hmm. really understanding that that's not really what our emerging science is saying is the nature of our reality and so maybe it's time to re-question that worldview and, and if we did, what type of world would that paint? Yeah. Right? How would that change all the other structures and all the other beliefs? And how would that fractal differently? Right, exactly. So, so essentially, this institute would be uh, a, you know, a place for uh, ultimate collaboration to bring together, uh, in essence, like a new paradigm, a, a, new, a new idea. And, and it wouldn't be like, okay, well, you know, we got it figured out. Or, and it's not like that. It's like this is a container that, that shows how we can put these pieces together and that we can organize and say, Okay, so if these are all the pieces and we explore these things and each of us have like differing 
interests and and you know some people might be an interest in that vertical and that vertical and yeah that vertical. my interest is storytelling for example and like cultural right. narratives that essentially shape beliefs yeah and potentially yeah. something like agriculture or something like that oh right? sure yeah and another thing is i, I i'm a, another vertical of mine is is community building and how the the role of physical land-based um communities can also bring together lots of really great people and then enable all these other things to happen right like the way i see it is it's the foundation of the institute physically yeah in a exactly. way, right? Like yeah. if you look at, I went to McGill University, for example, and McGill is in the city center of Montreal, but it, not, it didn't used to be the city center in the sense that it, it didn't, it was like kind of the, it was actually farmland in a sense. And it was, it was eventually the city built around it. And now it's a campus in downtown Montreal. But right. realistically, I feel like what we're doing at Valhalla on our farm is we're do, redoing that. Right. Like the city will eventually expand to be behind, around the entire farm. And there's certain places where, you dedicate it's almost like a dedicated space for learning and growing and like a sandbox right. of opportunity so yeah i mean anyway yeah. the tangent these are two verticals that yeah. i can talk about for yes. sure yeah so essentially like that's kind of what i've been thinking about a lot like um i've i've like i've i had a difficult period for probably like a couple of years like really feeling like um almost in a sense like you had you had so many people in in the space being like well what are you like are you are you spiritual and conscious like are you guys trying to do consciousness stuff or are you trying to do conspiracies mm -hmm. and it'd be like there's something that's not getting across like people aren't connecting what the the underlying like intention of our work is and it, it sent me into this like position where i'm like man like are people even getting what we're doing like is there even a point to what I'm doing? Like I went through this like whole thing over the past little while. Yeah. And, and a lot of it just really had to do with the fact that it was like, I just, I needed to be more, I needed to own what the underlying message was more mm -hmm. deeply, mm -hmm. which is essentially kind of like what I've been focused on for the past bit. It's just owning it. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I can imagine you feel in certain moments, um, it could be defeating. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, we were talking about the Explorer, the Explorer Lounge is now CETV. Right. And um, how at one point there was a growing kind of trend. We, we were starting to notice the algorithms are going down. So all of a sudden we have to start like building a platform that enables people to kind of join in the same way that so many people join something like Disney Plus or whatever right. is a content. It's a content system like Gaia or whatever. There's others, right? Yeah. Um, people get it getting kind of exclusive content meant to hopefully support their shift and also be more educational rather than just like right. a, a pay gate of sorts, yeah, exactly. right? And all of a sudden you're using this and then you're processing credit cards on a month-to-month -month basis and all of a sudden your guys get flagged yeah. finan uh, the financial system on a financial level yeah. by a bank that says, oh, or Visa or whatever, that says, oh, actually this is a fraud and now boom, we just end like the ability for you to even process credit cards. Yeah. All of a sudden you call the bank, you figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And, and you, you reverse that. But that momentum killer, the fact yeah. that you're, you're constantly kind of fighting this uphill battle on a personal level has to impact you. Yeah, like like just for the sake of like accuracy, it was um, like that's pretty much exactly the story. The only thing is we, we were never actually able to contact the banks oh, really? and figure yeah. out what's going on because um, it was happening in, in U.S. banks. And we, what, what was happening is we would get messages from from your patrons the patrons being like um bank texted me and called me and they're like you know and we're, we're seeing like in our back end like 
failed payments out the yin yang. We're like, why is there so many failed payments? Like this yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like we were we were rolling along for like a year and a half, or you know, and yeah. all of a sudden it's like failed payments out the yin yang. Like what the heck's going on? Yeah. I go into Stripe and I start looking at our disputes and I'm like, we don't have we don't have a lot of disputes. Like to run into problems with the credit cards, you know, companies, you have to have like over one percent, one, two, three, four percent. Yeah, lot, disputes, lots of right? yeah, lots of pr- problematic transactions. Yeah. yeah, we're talking like a fraction, fraction, fraction of a percent, right? Yeah. Of disputes. So there there's no issue taking place. So we're trying to figure out like what's happening, right? And we we there there were some theories about like the fact that the the you know, one of our bank accounts is located in Canada and, and there could have been an issue with there or whatever, but, but again, the around, the day, it rolled for a year and a half. Right. And it rolled for a year and a half. And now all of a sudden the banks are, are saying to some of these clients, it's a fraud, which is like, where do they get this from? Right. Yeah. Like, where does this come from? So, so essentially what happened with that is, yeah, it, it, it makes your advertising strategy no longer profitable, yeah. which, which takes the wind out of the sales. And then at the end of the day, it ends up making you go, okay, is there, you know, something out there that's, that's like targeting. I mean, perhaps, Yeah. but at the same time it, it pulls you inward and says like, okay, like, am I on the wrong path? Am, am I on I, the wrong path? Am I doing or the wrong thing here? Is something potentially like need an adjustment, which, which there was an adjustment that, that kind of needed at the end of the day. It was like, we ended up again, going back to owning the message more, right? Mm-hmm. Owning the message more was just kind of being really direct about it. So it was like, I would talk about, you know, current events sometimes and I would throw in some sort of, conscious undertones within it to try and, you know, really ease what our message is about. And Mm -hmm. essentially I was just like, I was doubting whether like, okay, can I really talk about current events and talk about how our current events are just a reflection of our worldview? Can I really do that? And and this is going to be understood on a level like this. is, Is this really the direction of the content that I can do? And I was doubting it and I'm doubting it because I'm seeing like other people who just kind of have this aggressive, you know, approach that may be on the very conspiratorial side, or you have, you know, sometimes people that are more on the consciousness or spirituality side that in, from my perspective, we're almost over, over promising. Mm-hmm. Like it was always like, you know, just do this. Oh, change this, apply this secret and now you'll be rich and you'll be abundant and you'll right. move from a place of fear to love and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And, and, and my observation over 11 and a half years, and a lot of people disagree with me, like a lot of people who are, are say coming into this work for maybe they started reading books or something for the past couple of years, they're saying things. I'm like, you know, I kind of thought that like 11 years ago when I was first starting to read a lot of this stuff. But what I've really come to understand is, is this is way more practical than then we realize like this is not about like, Hey, it's, you know, all these five D four, like most of that stuff is completely irrelevant. Like yeah. dimensional consciousness, it is a thing, right? Like I could talk about that stuff all day long. Sure. A lot of that stuff comes through me. Yeah. But I don't talk about it because but it's used as buzzwords that are like marketing tools to right. just sell things because it, it, what it's basically saying is I kind of think like you come by from me. Well, not only that sometimes it's like this, it's like, where are we at really? Like what, what are we doing here? What, what is the planet? What are we going through? Right. And so I, not, I don't know. Right. And, <laughs> and it's like, what is our current moment? Yeah. Right. And, and I, I, th- I thought to myself, I just came up with this analogy yesterday or yeah. the day before. I don't remember, but it's like, you have like this woodworker, mm-hmm. right. And they can make this table, 
Mm. Right? Because, you know, you come into this You got to love woodworkers. Right. It's fantastic. Yeah. I just bought a whole bunch of tools this year. <laughs> um, and I still want to buy more. Yeah. You know, but I got some more. It's one of those things. It's like <laughs> hammer gear, camera gear, tools, oh, it, yeah. it, trucks. Yeah. There's there's something about a man and getting gear or equipment. Well, we did, is we a, did a, is lot a of real thing. Yeah. We did a lot of renovations. So it was, uh, it was very, it useful. was justified. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You built a big, big fence for the alpacas, a bunch of other things yeah, that you shed, uh, built, cabanas. built some sheds, cabanas, a yeah. bunch of other stuff on the property. I feel <clears> you. I get it. That's all. It's just fun. I built a trough. Built a trough. <laughs> I'll validate. Yeah, I'll validate yeah. you. Yeah, no yeah, problem. That's, that's all. <laughs> I'll validate your purchases. That's it. So, yeah. so essentially, like you know, the the, the household needs a, a table, right? Yeah. The woodworker is very skilled. The woodworker can, can build a, a beautiful house, right? Mm-hmm. That's within their capability. Mm-hmm. Within their their being is the ability to build this incredible detailed house. Mm-hmm. But the need right now is is the table. Because that's where people need to eat. That's where people need to gather. That's where people need to, you know, they need to use that every day. Mm-hmm. That's where they're at. Yep. And so the woodworker comes in and builds a table. And you might have somebody that goes, you're holding back. You could build this incredible house. Why are you building a table? You're holding back. You're not expressing what you're truly capable of or what's truly within you. Yeah. And the woodworker says, no, because we this need is what's needed right now. Yeah. This building a house, that may come two years, three years, four years down the road. And that's, that's kind of the position I've taken over the last, I would say maybe seven or eight years, right? Mm. At the beginning, I was kind of more at the house, yeah. right? It was like- We had oh, to build the biggest thing, the change the world, change the movement. Well, it was, no, it's it more so about, we need to like share the deepest, deepest of yeah. truths, the deepest yeah. messages that don't relate to, to, everyday to what people. we're doing, yeah. right? At all, right? Mm. And so there's, I find there's a lot of people that are really sort of stuck in that space. And what I've noticed is that a lot of people are like, what, what's going to happen next? You know, what's, what's the next channeling going to say, right? Where is that going to lead us, right? <laughs> this is a huge phenomenon that's been happening for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, do, you know, do you guys know what, what's supposed to happen next year, right? Yeah. I have friends of mine that, that this is kind of the way they're perceived amongst their audience where it's like they want to know like, hey, what's the prediction coming up, right? Yeah. And then so you ask your question like what position is somebody in when they're, when they're they're coming from that. Well, they're uncertain yeah. and they want uncertainty, yeah. which means they're not okay with uncertainty right now. Yeah. Why are they not okay with uncertainty right now? All kinds of different reasons, right? It's an right? interesting question, yeah. right? But it, it, it also says in, in most cases, and this may be like slightly off-putting to some people at first, but if you stick with it, you can kind of see where it goes. But it also shows we're in a position of being disempowered yeah. and, and we're actually trying to look to someone to give us something yeah. that might make us feel like we're further disempowering ourselves by trying to find ourselves through validation of something, something else we're right. trying to validate or externalize what I'm going to use the word should, should be an internal process yeah. or at least gets to be an internal process. Absolutely. And if you can find your own internal process, therefore you can discern your own version of truth, whether it be capital T truth or lowercase T truth for you. Yeah. It doesn't matter because the point is that you can find that internally and then kind of move from there. Yeah. Which is so different than constantly starving and trying to find it externally. Right. Yeah. And and it's kind of moving from this position of like, don't worry about what's going to happen. Because there's, again, what, what, it, what it's created in this space is this idea that it's like, okay, well, we need to know the greatest prediction. And, and at the end of the day, it's most likely going to be that everything's going to happen on its own. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that I really don't play a role. What's going to happen is a question that suggests... I'm not really going to do anything. 
Mm. Right? It's like I'm going to sort of sit back. That the world is happening right, to me. There's a there's a, a a flash moment, a solar flash. There's an yeah. ascension moment. There's, there's a this. There's that. Something. Yeah. Right. Some kind of we're waiting. We're waiting for something. Right. And and I'm not saying that everybody's in that boat. Yeah. And, I, and I'm also not saying that there are some people who view channelings, but also take a lot of internal action. Right? Oh, of course, yeah. Right. So so it's not that you paint everybody with one brush, but but this does go on a lot in this in this community in this space of of people kind of going, you know because i've been criticized a lot that's like oh why are you sharing such like a, a, a you know like a lame or like a, a simple message when you have so much more to offer and it's like yeah. no no i'm providing what is needed right now yeah like that's what that's what needs to happen yeah right like you know we were talking earlier it's like we can go on all day about the remembrance of past lives and all these different things sure you can go d- deep into the, the point you can go you can try and get everyone galactivated you know right. all, all of a sudden and, and talking about all these different things but then are you going to really reach the mom in arkansas that's like sure. kind of starting to dabble in things is asking questions and not sure how or what they need to do but right. yes is looking for certainty more certainty or is looking for some kind of answer or for personal growth Right. Sometimes it's not even based out of fear or some lack, but they're they're like they just want more of of really interesting information and yes, um, a different way of life. They're they're trying to shift and change. They're seeing their patterns, but they don't know what to do next or how to kind of expand next. Yeah, what rabbit hole maybe that that they can go down that might be um, interesting or impactful for them. Right, it becomes kind of like an entertainment value as well. Yes. right. Like, but doesn't that mean that? they don't all they need to do is create or decide and just like make their bed and then sleep in it ah uh, yeah i mean is, isn't what you're saying is that they're looking for direction and instead of taking the action themselves they're kind of just like nonchalantly getting that decision made for them well sometimes they're not necessarily looking for direction they're looking for inspiration right like they're they're, they're not really sure what the next topic that might like really inspire them to change mm-hmm. might look like or feel like. Like for example, I did not really realize I'm doing a little bit like a body transformation. I didn't realize that this was something that I really wanted to do right now. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I didn't realize that being healthy and eating right and working out more or whatever, being more in my body was going to be healthy. Yeah. I just had a different approach before. Right. My approach before was let me invest in a farm. Let me go have a farmer bod and like get farmer strength and do those kinds of things. And now I'm seeing more space or more energy for yeah. me to say, Actually, you know what? I really do want to know what goes into my food or my supplements. Or I really do want to know how I optimize or play with my psychology, my my psyche, and the neurochemistry that is going on in my body. Right. Um, both from an input perspective, but also from a uh, neuroplasticity perspective or like an in, an, an internal perspective. Right. Right. And like, because we have, like, I'll, I'll give an example. I have my foot from years and years and years, probably of playing soccer and just walking in particular ways. My right foot goes outwards yeah, so more. is mine yeah 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 so i was playing so many hours of soccer that i was always kicking with the right foot kicking right foot and it was just i guess that's how it happens now so i started to notice and i've noticed for many years that if i've had shoes for a long time the the back right heel is kind of worn down more than the other parts of the shoe yeah great how do i reprogram that right and now i ended up down this rabbit hole where i'm, I'm speaking to a physical therapist who's telling me like hey think about this like step a little bit this way or have a little bit of a change your posture in this small yeah. way. Think about it, think about it constantly and then you can reprogram elements of your of yourself. But I needed the inspiration. Yeah. Sometimes you need the muse and the information yeah. from someone else who you can trust, who has done the work, who has geeked out on it. And that's where the value of 
outsourcing in a sense that yeah. Jordan was bringing up is that there is value in outsourcing. Like I can't, we can't all go down every rabbit hole and go down right. the self, the journey of discovery for everything. Like there's some supposition that I have around understanding, uh, you know, I don't know how serotonin imp impacts me because I've, I've followed the study of somebody else who like said, Hey, well, like, here's what happens. Right. Right. So, um, there is, there's always going to be an element of community that like we have, we're to informed by our community have, because yes. we're living, we, we're not only individuals we're we also are part of a collective. That's right. And that's, that's like, again, going back, that's like the purpose. Like we, we, we are not here to create our own reality. We're here to co-create a reality. Yeah. Right. And, and that's extremely evident, right? Like yeah. we, we, we share, we, I actually find sometimes fascinating how much we deny that, like that we're co-creating a reality. Oh, sometimes, we deny it so much. Sometimes there's, there's such a denial that it's like, no, I just have have 100% control over everything. It's like, well, there's some things, yeah. But like there are other things where it's like- Most the things. The purpose of it is for actually you to, to do it as a community. Most like things you are not grading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, you walk right? outside, there's a lot of th ha things happening with the weather and the sun and the and like just everything. Right. I mean, literally everything is being is impacting our environment at all times. Yeah. And so even if you're conscious of 1% of the things you're doing, which I wouldn't even give you 1%, I wouldn't give anyone 1%, um, you're, yeah, you're, you're, it, life is, life is not necessarily happening. Um, like, you know, there's these consciousness shifts that people like to talk about in this, in this kind of personal development world. Life isn't happening to you which is yeah. where you're the victim of life in right. many scenarios. Um, and it's not only happening kind of for you, meaning it's not just, you're not the center of the universe and it's not, you're not, yeah. like the world doesn't spin around you and you're all powerful. Right. It's happening through you. Right. But also around you. Yes. Right. And around us and around, so you and me yeah. and that person and not even, not even just people, yeah. like microbiology and air molecules and other things, yeah. right? Did you, did you grow up Catholic? I did, yeah. Yeah, you know what was going through my head when you were saying that is, is when you're in church and they, they go through him in him with him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I was like, took you back to the preaching. I was like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, it was funny. Catholic, growing up Catholic, and like my mom wasn't at all, yeah, uh, into it. Yeah. My dad's family, like they were Italian, right? Yeah. And then, uh, then like by like grade six or seven, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this makes sense. And you start asking your teachers questions and they like, you know, they're like bigger questions. Like, they okay, don't yeah, but particularly have answers, but who created God? Yeah. But then, but then what about this? But then like, what about that? And like, they always be like, uh, I don't know. And that's when I started to like really realize, cause at the time when you're a kid, you like, you look to people older than you to kind of. They're, they're your answers. gauge of truth. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so when they can't answer something, I'm like, all right, there's something there's something here that's not answering everything for me, you yeah. know? Um, and that, that was like the beginnings of like searching. I got into paranormal at that point and I was just like, started to go crazy into like looking into all this different stuff that more aligned with like, yeah, this makes way more sense than this mm -hmm. story from. It's funny because religion is one of the first places I started to kind of like build my own opinion or, or it's not even build my own opinion. It's, it's where I started to see fractures in my own mind as to whether or not everything that I was believing was true or right. not, yeah. right? Because in school, in general, for, for the most part, all the way until like even CJEP, right, I was right, generally right. believing everything that was going on in school. When I read the history book and I wrote the history exam, I was like, yeah, this is this is right. Right. You know what I mean? Like this, whatever they said in this book, that's how it happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
And I never like fully considered the scope of like, well, wait a second, somebody wrote this book yeah. and somebody edited this book and somebody determined what was kind of true or not in this book and somebody interpreted all of that. Yeah. And so there's these filters that we have to recognize are in every single story and cultural narrative, whether that be a history book or a fiction book, right? whether that be 1984 and or, you know, the history of Canada, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, those there's a book about that? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a couple books about that. It's a that. short one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's, there's, there's very, there's interpretation regardless. Right. And so there's there's some level of of personal responsibility and journey that we need to go through to learn how to ask questions, yeah. learn how to discern, yeah. learn how to come up with our own version of truth or certainty, and then be able to act from those things and from those places. And be able to communicate with others to, to you know. And eventually, once you're acting and communicating, blah, 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 yeah. the communication becomes now the collective piece. We join the collective. Yeah. By being able to act in a particular direction and then communicate yeah. in that direction. Yeah, we're, we're seeing, like going back to the censorship, it's like we're seeing sort of the height of, you know, this is our, this is our communicative immaturity at yeah. play, right? Yeah. I just shut that person up. We don't want to have that conversation. And yeah. of course, that's mixed. It, like, you know, it's mixed within, you know, some, some decision, some order from somewhere that says, you know, we, that we can't have too much dissenting views on you know, on vaccines because it threatens the profits or, you know, this is a, might be an important part of a, of a bigger thing. You know, we can have the discussion of agenda 2030 and these sorts of things like, but, but within that there is human condition yes. and human condition built upon worldview. Like even like, uh, you know, part of what I like to do a lot that I I'll also take a lot of shit for is, is humanizing the, what we call the, the elite, the global elite or whatever people like to call it. Right. Yeah. You know, when you humanize them, you start to ask the question of like, well, they're not just evil. Because that doesn't make any sense, right? Because no. evil is a hundred percent subjective. Like, sure. And and there's nothing. If you look at the nature of quantum physics, if you look at the nature of reality, there's no force called evil out there, yeah. right? So when you start backtracking, you start pulling that into reality. You start saying, okay, so we're calling them evil, but but that just makes it so we don't understand them. It's like another analogy. It's creating I use. a villain, right? It's it, creating a villain that and we, then we need so that our worldview can feel. Them. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's sort of like the approach we take with like a pedophile, right? Sure. So you, you have somebody that is perceived right as a this is not harmonious for them to be doing this to children yeah. within our society. So we want to do something about that, right? Yeah. So we catch them and we put them in jail. Yeah. And then we call them like horrible, terrible people, right? Yeah. They're just they're sick, they're messed up, whatever. And then when that person goes to a place that really doesn't make anybody better, and then we re-release them, and they probably are just going to re-offend or potentially be worse. I mean, there might be some small cases where they really figure out how to restrain themselves or something like that. But we're, we're never addressing the root cause of the issue, yeah. which is to actually humanize the pedophile yeah. and actually say they're a human. Yeah. What about them is taking these actions? And if we find it as a collective that we don't want to have that type of behavior within our community we have to learn how to deal with that but we have to learn how to deal with that at the root cause without just banishing them off to some corner yeah and it's the exact same thing when when we talk about like what's going on with some of the global elite is like rehumanize them like they're in a position where they may or may not be able to at all anymore relate to um the average human person like at all like they live a life that is completely non-resemblant yeah, totally. to, to, so like even like a superstar or like a Kanye West or whatever, like they, they just, they don't have a, a, they're not given the opportunity of having a, a version of reality anymore right. that is 
that plays out in a quote unquote normal or standardized path. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, it's like they seem to, they seem to like a lot of science, like published research looking at uh, specific levels of, of what, what has been called the, the, the power elite of the world. Yeah. Um, published, this is published research, right? Mm-hmm. Shows that they're, they're highly interested in the occult. Mm-hmm. And, um, they they have a somewhat of a proclivity for like ritual, yeah, like these sorts of things, right? Yeah. What this means, I mean, we can start to speculate, sure, because we know things. We know some things for sure. We know some things not so much for sure, yeah. right? So, like Epstein, we know, for example, that you know there was there was a, 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 a his story essentially states that that they were using uh, pedophilia or underage sex to essentially entrap. Mm-hmm politicians or powerful people into positions where they can then be controlled and and compromised yeah right mm-hmm. so that's what that story says now t- to take the leap from there to satanic ritual is to now have to go into uh witness testimony mm-hmm. and have to ask hey is that was that happening is that happening is there enough of that is is it possible that some people are perceiving it because like i've interviewed so far of of all the people that i've interviewed or talked to mm-hmm. right about this particular subject of specifically looking at like satanic ritual or um, child sacrifice amongst mm-hmm. powerful individuals. There's been one person where through and through discernment, intuition, feeling, meeting this person, everything. I believe every aspect of her story. Mm-hmm. There's been other people where I have questions and I'm mm-hmm. not so sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear what they're saying and I, I'm left with, I wouldn't lead with this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's something there that, it could be true, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So therefore, let's not let's not bring it forward. Well, it's like I'm going to leave this here. Yeah. When we when we did present her information, we said, "Look, this is her information. Oh, we don't know what the answer is here, and and all I'm asking you to do is is to look at it yeah. and and really feel this out yeah. for yourself because yeah. I think it's important that she has an opportunity to speak. Yeah. But I'm not sure what to say, and it's she may be 100 percent right. Yeah. Right. But something about me personally, I'm not like I'm not there 100. Yeah. percent But with this other woman, it's like I'm I'm like very very sure, mm-hmm. right? Um, now that doesn't mean I'm certain about it. It means it doesn't that mean it's true. I have a it just very means strong, that your personal stance is that's what it feels right. Yes. Yeah. So when I look at that, and I and I take her testimony and I look at what we do know, yeah. so what, the things that we know for sure. Yeah. Right. Like we know things like Epstein. Yeah. No, um, we have other witness witness or whistleblower testimony that we can look at, mm-hmm. but that's also anecdotal evidence. But when it mounts to an extent, you have to start to say, okay, is there something here? Yeah. Right. We know that like pedophilia exists within the Catholic church in a huge way. Yeah. Right. We know that, um, there's a ritual called Bohemian Grove, mm-hmm. um, where the, the purpose of the ritual like if you were to strip away all the mysticism for a moment and just look at what the actual ritual is, is it's, it's a cremation of care, which breaks down to a ritual that states world leaders are getting together, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't every world leader. This is just some mm-hmm. world leaders. Mm-hmm. You're getting together and they're saying, our, our job is difficult, right? We have to sometimes do things yeah. that feel as though... We're leaving people behind or yes. not caring. So they're burning away their worries they're burning away their care yeah. in a ritual yeah in front of a huge owl yeah and and that those rituals when you look at what ritual does psychologically it's it's part of programming 
right? So what, it's self-programming, right? Oh, it's collective and self-programming, right? Yeah. So what you're seeing through that ritual, in the most basic, like even if you were to say non-nefarious sense, right? We're just yeah. trying to dip our toe in this. Yeah. You look at that ritual, and it's saying that world elite recognize they have a difficult position, that they're going to do things that aren't good for everybody. Impossible job. And, and they're actually removing their care. They're removing the responsibility of right. such. Yeah. They're going into an occult ritual to remove that care. Yeah. Which is which is weird and feels weird. It does and, feel and, weird. And it doesn't matter whether, again, back to whether it's nefarious or not. It just feels weird. Right. But, but, and I'll defend this a little bit. Yeah. If I went to, um, I don't know, a mastermind. Yeah. Purely entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. nothing to do with spirituality, nothing to do with like blah, blah, blah. But I, then people would bring up limiting beliefs. Sure. Oh, you have a limiting belief that you can't do this thing, but now you can. So let's go. We're going to all write them those limiting beliefs on the paper. Put them in the fire. We're going to put them in the fire. Yeah. Limiting beliefs. Same, same thing. Yeah. In a different way. Yeah. Obviously, some of them involve robes and a giant owl, and we're like, okay, what does that look sure. like? It is a little weird. Um, doesn't matter, though. Yeah. Similar intent. Yeah. Right? So back to, you know, so back to those stories, it's, it, 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 it does, we do need to recognize that, we do need to recognize that there's, there are groups out there mm-hmm. that are coordinated, yeah. that coordinate yes. in some way, shape, or form that are doing good, mm-hmm. and there are groups out there that coordinate and are doing bad. Or that are doing things that, that, we consider bad. Yeah, we consider bad or that we we like the simplest way to look at it too is like it's like you know somebody's losing here big in yeah. a sense like there's there's a, there's a serious lack of harmony here there's there's not necessarily a care it, it's it's protecting specific interests while you know other interests are not right not they're careful. not serving the public in a sense right yeah. and and it, it's it's really difficult to get into the good or bad conversation because again that's so subjective it's the definition of subjective. There, exactly, right? <laughs> so, so essentially, what when I look at a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. and, and I, I I mount the evidence, mm-hmm. and I start and I start saying, okay, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, Pizzagate, or oh, look at this symbol that you know this this uses there. It's like yeah. right, again, we're leading with bad evidence, right? Yeah. Pizzagate is interesting in that I do believe there's a couple of really 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 weird emails in there. Yeah, but it's still not. It's not where I would start. No, it's not the strong stuff. People are most people and, are unaware and, of the strong and, stuff, and they are overblown. It's overblown. Yes. Not. I'm not saying that specific topic. Yeah. I'm saying like even like okay, so a number we've heard a lot about is 800,000 children disappear every year in, in America or something like that. Yeah. Right. Well, it turns out 800,000 people just can't be found by their mom. Right. Every year. Yeah. Um. Most of which, like 400,000 of which, are found within 24 hours. Or something like that. Right, right. Okay? So all of a sudden, that number that everyone's saying is like 800,000 kids just disappear off the face of the planet. That sounds like a, like a lot. That's yeah. like, that's like whoa, okay, maybe this problem is way big. Yeah. And so it's over, it's skewing. Right. And even though the person who made that number, who wrote that number, kind of knew that. Yeah. They saw the study. Like, they, they looked at right. the, the quote-unquote facts. Facts done by the FBI, right. I believe, or CIA. It was one of the other. I think it's FBI. So... These are facts coming from the government. This yeah. is not like, oh, I think this. It's these are the numbers. But those numbers are used to emotionally stir people. Yeah. And this is where things get tricky. Things get tricky. Yeah. Because our emotions enter and our emotions and our judgment enters. And the second our emotions enter and our judgment enters, and they both get triggered, yeah. our response is bad. Sure. Good. 
And the second that happens, it creates vicious cycles of debate. It creates it creates an us versus them scenario. Yeah. And then whoever them is, and I don't know, like call them a global elite, call them nefarious, blah, 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 world leader. I don't know. Okay. Billionaires, yeah. one percenters. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Point one percenters. Doesn't matter. Yeah. The second that narrative of the us versus them now starts to pr- like to pr- be prevalent in culture, it actually creates a real us versus them. Where they're like, well, shit, if they're going to, if I'm a billionaire and I, I got here because, I don't know, I invented something super cool and it, and it just a lot of people really loved it. And now all of a sudden I'm vilified. Well, maybe I am that villain. Or maybe right. I shouldn't be that villain more. Or maybe I should just not care as much. And then all of a sudden it creates this actual power dynamic and an actual power problem that naturally occurs because we're just, we're humans. The yeah, human and, condition back and, and to back again, to that human back condition. to human condition, right? And it's like it, it, you know, you you see worldviews of authoritarianism of of massive control. Like, th- there's no surprise. Like, I mean, how does the NSA come about, right? Sure, it's a desire for more and more control. Yes, a desire for more and more authoritarian power. Like, with a fundamental belief that more control creates more safety. That's right. Which is not necessarily nefarious. Well, it's interesting because when you actually look at it, what they're trying to keep safe is mainly their own interests. So it's, I it's agree actually, with that. <laughs> it's actually a level of, of self-consciousness that exists. And self-preservation. Right. Which within. in and of itself is part of a human condition. Exactly. Yeah. So you're going back to, you can start to understand how they get to these decisions. Right. Yes. And, and instead of just saying, well, they're evil, which says yeah. nothing. Yeah. We're, we're starting to realize that they're driven by worldviews, which means if you can do that and you can start to paint that picture and you can start to see that their worldview is coming from a, an obsession of like, like Trump, Hillary, any of these people are yeah. deeply traumatized people like like most other people on the planet, right? It's not like they're, you know, ah, we figured out how to just rule everybody or whatever it might be. Like, sure. you know, every politician, every position, they were once a kid. Yeah. And and when and this is why I looked to some of the whistleblower testimony who were children and who can describe some of the stuff that they saw. You know, again, going back into it, it's like you look at the Mark Dutroux trial out of Belgium. Yeah. You look at the Franklin scandal mm-hmm. out of the United States. I mean, these two cases, like almost nobody knows about. I I can't say I know a ton about them either. These are massive. Yeah. And they paint the Mark Dutroux trial paints yeah. an extremely evidentiary evidentiary picture that says in Belgium there was a pedophile ring mm-hmm. that involved ritual Satanism, child sacrifice. Yeah. And um, it involved many powerful people. Yeah, powerful, like powerful, and they and they covered it up. And there was like five hundred thousand people that were marching in Belgium at the time of this trial. It's a huge part of Belgian history, like massive. Most people don't even know it exists. Yeah, but it is the epitome of what we're talking about. There is a proclivity mm-hmm. amongst these people in certain positions of power to engage with children in sexual acts. I don't know why. Perhaps we need to figure that out. Yeah, but it's there's 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 so many cases. The which one, which one preludes the other though? It's like, is it because they're doing these things that all of a sudden they get like it's like it's a, a lot fun, of times, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thought, right? When you when you explore what a lot of the independent whistleblowers talk about, or the people that were part of these, yeah. they claim to be part of these things. And and the 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 interview we have on CTV with Annika Lucas, it's a four part interview. The whole thing is she tells her story, and then the last two parts we break down the deeper messaging behind everything. Like we're really going through it because it, it becomes a rehumanization of these individuals. It becomes helping people to understand that there's, it's a preparation thing. You cannot rise into positions of power unless you are compromised in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Like, and she explains a lot of this stuff, but it, she's not like 
angry that she went through this. Yeah. She's hurt by it. And there's still aspects of herself that she's working through. Yeah. Like she but is, she's just trying to like state it as this is what, this is how it works. And she's trying to empower humanity. Yeah. Right. Empower people to understand like how, what's our way out of these kinds of things. Right. Yeah. Like this is part of our story. Yeah. This is part of what's going on on our planet. We can deny it all we want. Yeah. Right? And it's but been around for a long time. It's been around for a very long time. And we see it in the Catholic church. Right. Yeah. We see it. We see it with extremely powerful people. You look at the Franklin scandal. Anybody who's listening to this, look just just spend an just hour. Just Google it. Look into the Franklin Scandal. You're go on, right. go on CTV. I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff. We haven't, we haven't, we're working on a yeah, documentary. It's okay. not out yet. Okay, it's not okay. Out yet. that's but coming. It, the idea. Wait of, for it. Go sign it. up. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's mind blowing, yeah. right? What it shows. Now, again, does it paint an absolute picture where you can then say, look, every single celebrity and pedophile or in politician is a pedophile? No, that's not the picture it paints. Yeah, but it gives you something that creates an extremely meaningful discussion, which is why, again, I wrote the essay, Conspiracy Reality, Time for a Serious Conversation, because as much as this community is, is really enjoying the fact that there's so much to talk about right now in terms of controversial ideas, it's also really important to be able to talk about those things in a way where we can actually talk about it as a society, as a community, and not just say, like, you know, there's these people over here and then everything, all the sleep people over there, right? Yeah. I think there's a more meaningful way to do it, and that's, yeah. kind, of, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Well, I think you're doing a great job at it, and I want to end on a, on a particular topic because yeah. I think it's part of the part of what allows or enables at least me to keep going. Is right. I think the interesting thing about one of the most interesting things about you is your love for curiosity and all the different things that go with that. But I also see an enormous amount of you that's a kid when it comes to. Comedy? Make, making jokes. Yeah, making <laughs> jokes, exactly. I think, I think comedy is your way. It's like your pressure release valve. Yeah. Um, it's mine. Uh, I'll say comedy and magic and like my, my love for both the art of storytelling, therefore, by extension, comedy and wait, then... Wait, can I interrupt here and say that Mark has never told a joke in his life? I don't think anybody ever laughs. Oh, come on. God. I, I, I sometimes say jokes that either takes people six or seven minutes to get or it's just dead silence Depends. it could be it could be dad joke level it could, could be, be it could be you could have a, be. you could have like a dry humor sometimes yeah the, i mean the point what i'm trying to say here is that like there's the intersect between storytelling comedy and magic yeah um is very interesting yeah because a lot of a lot of what is covered when we talk about these conspiracy theory type things yeah um or these rituals and all these different things is like uh some level of like magic quote mm -hmm. unquote yeah and mysticism and, and different things and then there's and then a lot of this is also stories and narratives and narrative control yeah and in between those two <laughs> those two topics is comedy yeah which is comedy gets a weird pass Mm -hmm. through everything yeah because i can run the onion and write the most absurd of headlines right and get a ton of clicks and they're not getting shut down no it's fine because it's comedy it's satire yeah it's satire. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating but it's satire that at the end of the day makes people think like they're not like look there's a, another one called babylon b i believe right right, right? Yeah. right it's satire but it's meant to make you believe a more right-leaning narrative right at the end of the day it is effectively doing that. Right. But not being fact-checked. Right. And not being being censored, at least that I know of, right? Uh, but it's not necessary. It's going, th it's like 
it's like a through line into the cultural into the cultural narrative yeah. that that is like weirdly prote- it's almost like a like it's like protected yeah it's some and and it's not super protective because many comedians have spoken out Joe Rogan many others Bill Burr others talking about like how PC culture is like getting into um into comedy and now right. they can't yeah, talk yeah. about it at things like yeah. I can't make a joke about a transgender because all of a sudden I might offend people sure. and I'm not I'm not trying to make jokes about that but I I would still defend the idea that we can make jokes about anything Right. If you can make jokes about a white man, why can't you make jokes about a transgender? Why can't I make a joke about an Asian? It doesn't yeah. matter who it is. It's just, it, it's not, it's, it should be that everyone's on the table. Everything yeah. could be joked about. Sure. That's what I defend, or yeah. I would defend. I, I would love to hear a little bit of your, I don't know, how, how comedy has helped you, number one, I guess, deal with things. Yeah. And then do you see a role of comedy in even potentially as a way to continuously not to like straddle the line essentially. Yeah, it's uh I mean I've I've been I've been a jokester for since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um most people don't know because yeah. I don't I don't really bring it into my work. It's not the brand that I would see if I were to if I were to, you know, if I go to your Instagram page here, yeah. it's definitely comedy is not the thing that yep. I'm seeing no, going you're, forward. You're not seeing it there. Sometimes I throw it down in the stories. In the Instagram stories with yeah. with the alpacas, you'll you'll have a couple I'll little little jokes. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. From time to time. And and you know, it's like some people would say like, hey, you know, are you being authentic then? Right? Which is a question mm. I've asked myself. Like, mm. am I being authentic by not including my comedy? But I'm like, it's kind of like this thing where I'm like, when I try it or when I've done it, it, it doesn't come out. Mm-hmm. It won't it won't come out naturally. In, and it doesn't translate as well. Right. And yeah. so what ends up happening is like, for example, there was a period of time and, and I, you know, I'm still learning more about a guy like JP Sears, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But there's a period of time where I'm like, like I knew what he started as. Yeah. Right. Like what, what type of work he was doing. And then when he started to create the ultra spiritual stuff and, and all that sort of stuff, I was like, wait a minute, is he making fun of it? Or is he like, it was like confusing. And I, I, to be honest, I think he was confused, but I think he's, I, agree. I think he's very similar to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see my, myself and him in a lot of ways where he's, you know, like behind the scenes, like if people knew the shit that I was doing, like the jokes that I was making all day long, you'd ask Ruby. It's like, they think I was fucking ridiculous, but <laughs> totally, but it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, a part of me just, it won't, it won't come out in the work. And I also, yeah. part of, like, I don't want it to, Yeah, you know, there's, cause there's, then it, re- it removes the seriousness of the topic sometimes or, or yeah. Or like it, there's that, it, but it, it does, it does something Yeah, even without it being serious. Cause sometimes I can, I can be lighthearted about the topic sure. I'm talking about, Sure, but it's, but, but comedy doesn't come out. Yeah. Um, there was a show I was doing with Mark DiNicola for a little while called these guys. Yeah, and, uh, I remember that. There was quite a there was quite a bit. It was kind of a comedic outlet, and and I've been wanting to bring the show back uh, for quite a while because basically what we did was just kind of rapid fire like three topics, mm-hmm. and there was like it was just fucking ridiculous. Like we'd throw up like flags and shit when you needed more time, and it was very fast paced. There was a timer like kicking you on, you know, trying to get everything going, and it well, was part just of you like the joke format. filled. I yeah. love the format. I like the jokes. Me and him play off each other extremely well, mm-hmm. so it was like. You know, and then we'd have skits in between topics. Like we'd like go film like a stupid skit where like you yeah. know, we're doing something ridiculous. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to do it. Like sometimes I like I I like you know I walk around. I'll go go to the shed. I'll get hay, and then I'll walk it out to the alpacas, and like I'm smiling along the way because jokes go through my head. Yeah, twenty four seven. Like whole skits will play out in my head. Yeah, if I just had an outlet to create them in the like, same quickly, way. They, yeah. 
mm-hmm. would be like, man, there'd be so many comical ideas. Like Ruby sees me all the time. Like, what? What are you laughing about yeah, now? She and knows. Like, ah, it's like, don't worry. But it's like literally like 20, 30 times a day. Like there's jokes full on. I've like, gotten to know you. This is a very real statement. And, uh, and so it's kind of like, I, I don't know. Do, yeah. I, do I do something? I mean, I don't really have the time. Or yeah. I don't make the time. That's a better way of saying it. But it's like, yeah, I don't make the time to do it. But comedy for me is like, I've just always been a lighthearted character. My teacher's like, I was very shy in school. Because like mm-hmm. once I hit grade five and I started to actually tell people, I'm like, I, you know, I wrote this in a recent uh, article I wrote. Um, by grade five, I was starting to tell my friends like, hey guys, I think school's brainwashing, right? Like I, I, for some reason, this just feels like it's brainwashed. I don't know why, but it does. I didn't have the answer and I didn't know what yeah. else to say, but that's how it felt. That's how it felt, yeah. And, uh, and then I became pretty introverted after that. I, mm-hmm. I was like a class clown at the very beginning. Yeah. But then but then there was a point where I started to become uncomfortable in school and then like I was made fun of and then lots of different little things happened over the course of time and kind of went introverted a little bit. And then um, I don't remember where I was going with this, but but it was like, you know. Just a role of comedy and it's yeah, constantly and, running through. And so I've always, I've always joked around with my friends. I've always been the source of comedy around, you know, I, I never like drank much growing up. I never really smoked weed pretty much mm-hmm. at all. But I was the guy that sat around the campfire with everybody who was high and just made them laugh the whole time, right? Yep. Um, so it was like, I, I want to continue that. But part of me is like, maybe my, my comedy is just meant to be appreciated amongst people and not necessarily on yeah. on a vidya. I, I, I get it. I think I, I, I get it. I just think it's a good, for me, it feels like therapy when I hear you joke. Yeah. Like for me, like, because like, if I were to just see the elements of or or just see what like kind of ce puts out in certain moments yeah i would sometimes it's almost like it would it would make me feel like maybe life is a little bit more serious than it needs to be right um and not even just because it's talking about like things that are scary and like make me question my whole reality (laughs) but sometimes even just like like even even personal development can get like really like okay oh yeah people can, can we, get neurotic about it too yeah, yeah yeah and then it's like a holier than thou thing going on yeah. and there's like there's like almost like a like levels to the to, yeah. to spirituality and I'm holier yeah. than you and I'm and they don't say that but they are saying that yeah and and so there's comedy lets kind of breaks elements of that tension it through it yeah. and it just becomes a, a way of dealing with. Yeah, just to see the quote unquote the perceived seriousness of life. Yeah, yeah, and and in that way, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish wish I could just throw it in there more. Yeah, and maybe maybe I don't know. May, I, 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 I mean, I, it's a curiosity that it's a curiosity. I'll say here. Well, here's what I'll say: it's a curiosity that I feel um, more and more in, inclined to listen to. Yeah. Even even in the news or the information that I'm that I'm like receiving. Right. Because like I said, like Babylon B still tells me. It makes a joke about a position from a particular side, and that's right. very interesting. Yeah, I find I find that so like that's a fine line. It's a very that's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, and and so I just yeah I see the art of that storytelling, and I see the, I see it as a as a potential. And this is a kind of more serious approach to to this. I actually see it as like a a keyhole through a door that's slamming shut. Right. And the door that I'm referring to here, and this is wrap up our, you know, where we started from, yeah. is like, what can we say and can't we say? Right. And the keyhole that I'm referring to here is that comedy allows me to say a lot of things. Yeah. More um, things for sure. Yeah. More things. Yeah. Um, whereas if I'm not having that, if I don't have the comedic spin on it, it might, that door might shut. Yeah. It's, it's not unheard of that collective evolution could be wiped off the face of the internet tomorrow. Sure. And that's, 
like many people's jobs and many people's for other people uh, uh sorts of inspiration or motivation or in, or of of questions or thoughts or personal development there's a lot of people who would be sad about that yeah um and and i don't think it's to be downplayed the role that even your work whether it reached millions of people in particular moments or it's reaching a few hundred people how that impacts and then invites others to start making and questioning and make the next collective evolution and yeah. the next, you know, version of, of questioning things and um, personal development and growth and, and their entrepreneurial or spiritual or personal path. Yeah. Um, but I just see that there's a, I just worry, I guess is a better way of saying it. Yeah. I just worry that sometimes the door is shutting and maybe one of the ways through it is, is comedy. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a thought. valid thought. Yeah. yeah, definitely a valid thought. I, I I think the more the more we talk about it, the more I, I think I could see myself uh, bring out the comedy w would be, uh, you know, kind of always what I've what I've envisioned is like create a show, mm -hmm. you know, similar similar type of format to this. Like you have like a few people, you know, laptop, you know, you're you're going through a story, but you're just like you know, joking about it the whole time. I like to play off people. Yeah, like the right, you know. I would I would love to see a show where you're like live researching. Like oh, right. a topic yeah. comes to you yeah, and it's like, show me, like, show me your process around like what's going on. Because then I think people would, would there would be a, a deeper layer of understanding of like the actual art, the actual like work that you do. Right. Because I think I people I like, do work. <laughs> yeah it's all pretend yeah it's all yeah exactly yeah. that would expose me yeah. <laughs> um no i mean but it, i i think that that's another another angle yeah that's interesting because yeah. in because in that as you're receiving the information the jokes that come to your mind are fresh sure and it and there's no um what i like about the show is that there's no filter right and what i mean by the filter is look i can always edit something out of of this right somebody who's watching this can always see that but they for the most part, they see that that's not the case. And right. if it is the case, it's only because I said something that the guest didn't want me to say. Right. And or like, and that's the only time I'll ever edit it out. And that's it's incredibly rare. It's happened right. one or one or two times. Right. That I like went down a topic that I was like, oh, okay, like that's it's mainly because it maybe it wasn't public and they were about to launch something and sure. they couldn't they couldn't talk about it. Right. Right. Um. And only and I already knew about it more personally, and so I mentioned it. So it was classified. So, it's like a classified information, but I'm not censoring anything right. in any way, shape, or form, and I'm not going to censor your opinion or my opinion about a particular thing. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be respectful, right? right? But um, let's be honest. I'm the guy who censors this podcast. <laughs> I mean, he's sitting, it, he's it, sitting it, there with the control. He's sitting there. Yeah, he's sitting there. He could press. He could press end on this podcast, which I, I think we're recording 45 minutes ago. <laughs> 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 the censorship is happening inside the studio. That's it. Um, with that said, we can go on forever, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you've gotten all the way to the end of this podcast, then you know what to do. You know where to find the buttons. You know where the links are. You know where to find Joe, Collective Evolution, all the different things. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And check out CETV, honestly. There's like lots of really great information. I, I actually want to go and check out one of the interview that you were mentioning about the woman that you really believed in. Because I, I know yeah. exactly which one it is. I saw it roll through. Yeah, yeah. I never actually watched it. And you reminded me that I want to go yeah. check it out. And, and, I'll, and I'll put it out there. Like there's, there's some stuff in there that's pretty disturbing. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, and again, this goes back to uh, the last thing I'll, I'll throw down on this. Because I know you just technically ended the show. But <laughs> No, um, go. It, it's important because I've, I've kind of had this phenomenon that you, you know, within myself that I've seen in some other people, mm -hmm. um, which is to kind of say like, I've never, I've never really like been affected by 
the work that I do. Like I can read something that's like super disturbing or super crazy. And I'm like, I feel for what it is, yeah, for what people experienced, but it doesn't become something that brings my state of being down. Mm. It, it, it kind of, it goes, okay, like this is going on, right? This is why I do the work I do. I can feel that and I can feel what they're going through. Um, but it's like, I don't like take it home and be like, oh my God. Like I, it, there's just, there's a level of like, this is part of our story. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's okay because we're, we're doing something about it and we're going to have a conversation about this and we're going to figure this out. And there's a form of acceptance and empowerment that comes with like your ability to absolutely to see or learn more about a situation, no matter how impactful it might feel or be. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was the last little tidbit. Great wisdom. Joe Martino, everybody. Check it out. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.